Who was the biggest winner from the Cowboys minicamp practice on Tuesday? And what's the biggest takeaway from that practice? All that and more in this episode of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Cowboys listeners. will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, he is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. Uh, we got some uh, mini camp notes. I'm excited to go through. Uh, again, always fun to uh, overreact to uh, little nuggets while people are trying to learn how to play what football the way that they're going to play football this year. Yeah. So always, always great to jump on those. Yeah. So we we should talk about that just to start. So. This was day one of minicamp practice for the Cowboys. And they even asked Mike McCarthy at the press conference just yesterday, how much different is this from OTAs? And Mike McCarthy's response, nothing. It's the same work. The only difference is they let us go out at 1130 rather than 12, I think is what time yeah. he said. Uh, so this is exactly the same. In fact, it's even probably a little less intensive uh, considering it's just an install period. They're really just trying to learn the playbook. Not a lot of competing, but still, we get the overreact to everything because that's what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, for us, we label this OT, these OTAs, we label these mini camps. There is a, uh, a, a distinct difference if you go and look in the CBA and, and, and what they are allowed to do with the players. There, there are differences, but for all intents and purposes, for the coaches, for the players, for what they are actually trying to accomplish on the field, this was install number eight, I think, if I yep. remember correctly. So this is obviously just a continuation of what's been going on in OTAs. The only difference is that obviously technically this is mandated, and like McCarthy mentioned, they are able to go out a little bit earlier than they were previously. But as far as you know, what they were doing on the field, it's not like there's an increase in competition or an increase in intensity, really. This is still about having the players learn the playbook and understand the concepts that are being taught. And, and from what it sounds like yesterday, yesterday was a, a red zone period. Uh, I think they worked on some last end of game uh, situations, end of half situations. Mm -hmm. So very kind of uh, uh, scenario specific work uh, and, and trying to learn the, the, the specific aspects of the playbook that, that kind of deal with those specific aspects of the game. All right, so where do we want to start? What was your biggest takeaway? Because I'm curious to see if it was the same as mine. Um, I, I guess you know my 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 biggest takeaway was that it sounded like Tolbert, you know, had a very full and, and productive day. Um, you know, was able to get in there. That it seems like they had a lot of guys above Tolbert. Not that there's a ton of guys above Tolbert that were sitting out due to uh, you know nicks and bruises. Frankly, I mean, it may have been a situation where they were just looking to get those guys some rest. And now that Tolbert's out giving him a whole bunch of reps to kind of get him back up to speed quickly of what's going on, get his feet underneath him. Uh, but it sounded like he had a good, good day. 
and and uh, included in, uh, catching a touchdown pass in, in in kind of a red zone drill in which uh, Dak ran a sprint out to the right and, and, and th- or to the left rather and threw it to him. So, um, you, you know, I think the big the biggest you know kind of single note that I that I saw that I thought was significant. We'll talk about some of the uh, best shape of their life season stuff, I'm sure. Uh, but I think as far as like, you know, on the field practice stuff, the seemed the note that kind of took notice for me was, you know, Tolbert finally kind of getting yes. a full day's worth of reps and, and work and, and kind of thriving in, in that situation. Yeah. Not only did the, the beat reporter say that he looked good, but he was also taking reps at punt returner, which gives you yep. an idea that the Cowboys might be using him there. I believe he caught a touchdown in one of the team periods. So it's good to see, see that he's back, that his hamstring pull strain wasn't anything serious. Um, Cowboys are going to need him. He's going to have a huge role for this team this year. They needed him back on the field, so it's good to at least see him back now. We should also continue to talk about the rest of the receivers. C.D. Lamb out for an undisclosed reason. I did see our guy, Michael Gelkin, say if this was a regular season week, C.D. would be practicing. So nothing to be concerned about. James Washington was there. Uh, still limited. I don't believe he practiced, but he was uh, at least on the field. Noah Brown still missing practice. But it sounds like the other receiver that really impressed was Semi Fahoku. Um, our guy, Michael Gelkin, again, uh, said he looks so much more improved compared to what he was last year. Uh, he also had a touchdown in team drills. We talk about drum beats all the time. I don't want to get super excited about Semi Fahoku, but it does sound like he's had a relatively good offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Fahoku, especially for what you're asking him and what, what you will be asking him to do this coming season is just consistency. You know, I, I don't know that we're asking him to become some huge play threat over the overnight or, or you know, go out there and make enormous plays week in and week out. He's not CeeDee Lamb. We're asking him to just show us uh, a level of consistency week in and week out. Uh, and, and, and I think that that's, you know, again – we got to remember he's kind of vying for this kind of Noah Brown role. Right. And, and, and what yes. you want from that role is someone who he's not going to get a bunch of offensive snaps. He's going to get uh, potentially a lot of special team snaps. He will get some offensive snaps as a blocker as well. Uh, just kind of in the run game being deployed as a wide receiver, who's a, a blocker kind of motion, motion, large, you know, small H back sort of situation. Like we saw what we've seen with Noah Brown at times, uh, but when he does get his opportunities to go out and route and catch the football, he's got to convert him. You know, he's got to be reliable in that in that way and, and be efficient because he's not going to get a ton of opportunities. So what we need to see from Fahoku is is like I said, a level of consistency so that you have a level of trust that when you put him on the field, especially in, in offensive snaps, yes. that he's going to be able to convert those opportunities um, and 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 do something with it as opposed to kind of going out there looking confused, dropping passes, you know, that sort of thing. Overall, though, very encouraging for the two young yep. receivers for the Cowboys. Like, this is what we want to see. Like, if we could pick something that we want to hear in camp, it's that the young receivers are making plays, they're getting better. Um, it's overall, very encouraged by what we heard and what we saw yesterday. All right, let's take a quick break uh, before we get back into minicamp news to tell you guys about Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, Find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile will then handcraft a perfect engagement ring, with each ring being one of a kind. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. 
and Locked On Cowboys listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use promo code LOCKEDON. That is promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, let's talk about another Cowboys rookie, Sam Williams, who uh, our guy David Hellman said that if he was charting sacks in minicamp or practice or whatever you want to call it yesterday, he would have had four. A couple against my guy, Matt Valesco. We don't have to talk about that part, but it's fine. Oh, Uh, yeah? One against Terrence Steele. Um, Honestly, though. This is noteworthy, but it's not surprising. Like Sam Williams should dominate unpadded practices. Yeah, I was just gonna say if Hellman had said that if he was charting uh, sacks in a in a mini camp practice, then he probably would have had a, a real problem and needed yeah. to see a doctor about that. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, again, like I think the context that I'm going to continuously inje- interject here is that. These are not live reps necessarily. I mean, they're not live reps. They're not, they're live, not live reps. reps. There's, there's no there's no pads. Uh, again, it's a learning process for the offense and you know for the defense to some to some extent as well. It's about kind of install. So uh, you know, Sam Williams beating Will Let's Go cleanly in in a pass rush drill is, you know, it's 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 good to hear. It's good to hear that he has that explosion. It's good to hear that, that, you know, that he has that level of athleticism. Well, I mean, you know, some of us have our pet cats, but, uh, you know, I can't let that, uh, bother us. That's fine. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's encouraging. It's, it's good to hear that he's, he's impressive. Um, again, I think with offensive line and defensive line, you know, depending on what you're talking about, you, you should really hold out kind of full evaluations on what, what's going on until at least padded practices, I would say. Yeah. I, offensive line and defensive line drills are the ones that you could almost throw away in, in terms of on padded practices. First of all, they're, they're not fair to the offensive linemen because a lot of times, you know, there's just a lot of space and so these guys are working on technique, but we know Sam Williams is athletic and we know that he's going to be able to run by sloppy offensive linemen who aren't very refined for the technique. So this isn't surprising still. It's like, good well, to see go. because the Cowboys are going to need <laughs> sloppy I won't hear you like no slander. That's just not fair. Someone, someone, someone saying, wow, let's go every single time. Sam Williams uh, saw him on the uh, against him. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What's your next takeaway? I'm, I'm done with this. Well, let's go topic. All right. Well, I mean, let's get into it, Marcus. It's uh, it's best season of a uh, best shape of their life season. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, I, again, I, I we all make fun of this. I mean, we, we've been making fun of this meme for a while. I do think that there is something to the idea of identifying changes to players bodies in the offseason. Sure. You know, I don't I don't necessarily think that we need to, you know, overhype ourselves about every single, you know, change or or what great shape everyone is about everything. But I, I think it's noteworthy to notice, you know, specific you know, significant changes in body types in these players. And and, and the couple a couple that come to mind specifically to me are Demarcus Lawrence, who we've talked about how he, he physically looks leaner. He just looks incredibly yeah. lean. Uh, and, and for what it sounds like, it's kind of showing in his in his movement skills uh, out of practice as well. 
Do you, do you the remember other... the days when certain online Twitter personalities used to make fun of his weight for thinking he was out of shape? Think about how far we've come with Demarcus Lawrence. <laughs> I love that you're projecting your own growth upon somebody else. <laughs> like, oh, remember those? Remember the days that you're, you're like the, the the hot dog guy meme? You're like, I don't know, I don't know who did this, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. It, it, there certainly has been a long way in 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 in, in certain people's opinions on Demarcus Lawrence's weight uh, that has that has gone from one side of the argument to the other. Well, it's just I, I the think- fact he's lighter now. He looks he looks like he's back to his college weight or what? I actually I just watched the 2014 Lions playoff game, and Demarcus Lawrence was skinny then. That's what he looks like to me now. Welcome back to Locked On Eating Disorders uh, here on the, on the Locked On Network. Uh, no, it's a good thing. This is great. All right. Uh, the, the other one that's worth noting, the other one that's w- significantly worth noting, I, I felt like, has, has been Dak Prescott. I mean, I yeah. think the, the thing about it, too, is that, and I don't know if, if, if you've noticed this as well, I thought I had been noticing a change in Dak's body in the kind of trickle of like promotional videos that have been coming out. Like, you know, they've been doing these ads that have mm. included Dak that, that, you know, I think there was one for like the Juneteenth celebration that the Cowboys were doing. Mm-hmm. They released another one like two or three days ago, or maybe it was like last week about mental health. And he clearly had filmed these recently, you know? And I was, and, I, and you look at the videos and you're like, well, maybe it's just like the, the aspect ratio because I'm watching his social media get stretched or something. But like watching the interview yesterday, uh, you know, he is noticeably thinner. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. not thinner, leaner, you know, because he says that his weight hasn't changed. He says that like his he doesn't actually weigh less. He's just like leaner. So I guess maybe he's dropped some of the kind of, you know, fat. He's Maybe he's got his fat percentage down and, and kind of just replaced it with more lean muscle. Um, but either way, I, you know, I think you know, we've talked about it. Like, you know, there's guys like Tom Brady that that are, you know, as they get older, they get leaner. They they lose that yes. weight. They, yes. they, 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 they try to get, you know, more flexible. And, and that flexibility was another thing that McCarthy had talked about, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in the press conference. Uh, it, I thought that one of the funny lines from Dak about it actually was, you know, I think Clarence Hill suggested something like, oh, you're getting uh, uh, leaner and quicker. <laughs> and Dak was quick to replace. Oh, a leaner doesn't always mean quicker. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, I, I, but I do think that, you know, having that kind of uh, a more lean body, more flexible body, you know, there were times when, um, when you would see Dak's ankle and calf kind of rear its ugly head is when you would see his body get stiff. You'd see yes. his body get stiff in his delivery when he's throwing the football. You'd see his body get stiff when he's trying to roll out or get out of the pocket or move around. Uh, I'm hoping that a little bit leaner, a little bit more flexibility just kind of gives his body a little bit more whip motion, a little bit more uh, ability to kind of get his foot. Another thing that he mentioned too, I'll just throw in there for your comment, is he mentioned about his footwork getting his fo- his back foot underneath him more, which I think is really, really important. You go back and watch some of Dak's worst throws or when he just is not able to get his back foot underneath him and, and he kind of arms it and wings it a little bit. So uh, I think that those are all very encouraging things, uh, not super unexpected things because you, 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 know, you, you, you know that you had Dak for an offseason without having to worry about rehab uh, for the first time in two years, but – uh, I think that these are all very, very encouraging things to hear from Dak Prescott because he is going to be, you know, probably the biggest improvement 
from the end of the last season to the, the beginning of this is the improvement of Dak Prescott's health and how that affects his play. Yeah, it's funny that you should mention the promotional videos because I actually noticed this back in May. So I was at the gym, yeah. do a little walking, watching Good Morning America, and they had a barbecue segment in Dallas, and Troy Aikman and uh, oh, yeah. jo- Joe Buck and Dak were there. And I'm not joking. Like Dak looked slimmer than Troy Aikman. We know how, how crazy Aikman is with his body, even at his age. But those guys looked slim. And that's the first time I'm like, man, Dak doesn't look so bulky, right? He looked yeah. really muscle-bound the last couple of years. And it was probably just because he couldn't work out a ton last year with his legs. So I think he bulked up his upper body. But he looked thin. Um, so I, I, I completely agree with you. I think this is going to be a really good thing for him. Uh, yeah. You mentioned about not necessarily being quicker or being faster. It, it's Again, it's those little tiny movements that I want to see from Dak where, hey, there's a linebacker coming into the gap. Can I sidestep him really quickly and then make the throw down the field? Can I kind of do a quick spin and then throw the ball across the field to the tight end? Do I have the flexibility in my, you know, in my core to make that throw? That's where you're going to notice the difference from Dak. I don't think he's going to suddenly turn into Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson as a runner because he's just not. He's at a different stage in his career. Well, yeah, and and I don't think that you know what what anybody's looking for is for him to be a better runner than he was before. I just think that they're looking for him to return to the level of skill that he had previous to the injury, which I think you know with the weight with the weight loss and, and a year away from it, I think that that's realistic, you know? So I, I don't think anyone's thinking that he's going to lose 10 or 15 pounds and suddenly become a four, four athlete. He's not, Lamar no, Jackson. he's not. It's it, so, it, that's not why he's doing it either. Right. Like yeah, he's no. doing it for a very specific reason to become a better passer, not be, to be a better runner. Yeah. And about being, it's about more about manipulating, you know, himself in the pocket, in yes. the context of the pocket. Uh, and then, you know, being able to run, comfortably when he when you're outside or when called upon you know in a moment to to get that first down or or run the zone uh zone read or you know those those are things that have that ability have that add that back into your toolbox not necessarily to kind of you know lose a bunch of weight to become a, a dyna- dynamic runner that's not necessarily yes. the number one yes. goal there uh all right let's take one more quick break before we talk about a couple of guys on defense that had a nice day Uh, on Tuesday. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Built and our friends at Built Bar have outdone themselves again. Uh, I got a a package in the mail. I think it was Friday or Saturday. Uh, Only two, Built Bar, only two uh, new flavors, Mud Pie Bar, which is absolutely incredible. If you are a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this one. The new Mud Pie (laughs) Bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. I got to be honest, this is probably my favorite Built Bar so far. I I tried just about every one of them. This one's pretty close to the top, if not at the very top. Only 150 calories, 8 grams of sugar, 16 grams of protein. They are available right now at Built.com, and they're going fast because they are absolutely delicious. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, a couple other players that I want to talk about. Uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart had a pick six on Will Greer yesterday. We've heard his name actually mentioned a couple times during OTAs and during this minicamp practice. Um, A really long, athletic cornerback, over 200 pounds, ran a 4-4-2. He's a guy 
Landon, that might be able to sneak on the roster if he continues to have a really good offseason. Yeah, I mean, he's the he's this year's Chris, Chris Westry. I mean, maybe yes. not the same kind of length or sure. Like no, that's athlete, a good, that's but, a good but, one. But, but I think the fair comparison the the guy that is like a a longer player that they that they specifically have interest in our system that other teams may not necessarily have interest in their system that they brought in that they you know think could be a good fit and that they're trying to see exactly what they have. You know, this is an athlete that you know went to USC, was highly recruited. Uh, maybe didn't have like the kind of uh, super illustrious career that got him drafted, but he has an athletic profile that really fits what the Cowboys want to do. And, yep. and, and it's sh- he's showing that he's a good fit for what they want to do. So uh, again, what's, what's the word for, for all of these for notes and OTAs and training camp and it's drumbeat. You know, how many times are we hearing the name mentioned? It's, it's consistency. That's what we're looking for here. Yep. Uh, a couple other notes. Uh, Tyler Smith practiced as the second team left guard. He also got some snaps at left tackle. Connor McGovern started at left guard and seems like did pretty well. Um, one other note, your guy, Tyler Coyle, back from injury, had an interception yesterday in team drills. Uh, another one against Will Greer. Maybe this is more of how Will Greer is performing, but He's somebody that we really like last year because he's kind of this safety linebacker hybrid that can play multiple positions, can play a bunch of special team snaps. He's a guy that I really want to see what he looks like in year two. It's crazy, like how many of the cow- guys, the guys, the cowboy have like this, right? Like it's it's they have Coil, they've got Bell, they've obviously got Curse. That's kind of similar situation, right? Um, I mean, you could honestly, I mean, if you're just talking about body types, I mean, really Cox is not that far off from what these guys oh, do. Yeah. You know, know, I mean, these like, a, 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 uh, you know, these guys are all like a heavy sandwich away from Cox, you know, like, so, uh, I think it's, it's and, and Makamu and, and, you know, they just, they, they clearly uh, place a, a, a premium on these sort of hybrid linebacker safety guys and 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 i actually you know i say that they place a premium but really what they've done is invested very cheaply across the board on several different athletes that could fit this profile very well i mean frankly including curse curse was a low risk uh uh, free agent signing last year and even re-signed for pretty extremely reasonable price considering what you got out of him last year so uh the cowboys clearly have made a priority to kind of collect this type of athlete. They obviously have a, a, a solid plan on how to use these type of athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sort of market inefficiency really can help you out. You know, if, if you can find a way to get solid play and take advantage of these types of players and get them on the cheap, uh, suddenly you can get really good defense uh, without having to spend a whole bunch of money on, you know, elite top end players simply because the rest of the league doesn't value this type of player the way that the Cowboys do. Yeah, I mean, think about how many they have on the roster. I mean, you named a bunch of them, but I think Donovan Wilson even fits Wilson, in there, certainly. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, overall, two hundred and ten pound kind of box player that's super athletic. You mentioned Makamu, Curse, Tyler Coyle, Jabril Cox. Like they just have a bunch of these guys that don't really fit traditional linebacker spots or safety spots, but all guys that can come in play on special teams. And I think the one trait that all these guys have is they all can tackle. Like, I think yep. they just want guys that are going to run to the football, and when they get there, they can make the tackle. Yep, absolutely. Run and, uh, run and hit all these guys, whether yep. it's linebacker, safety, you know, nickel backer. They want you to run. They want you to tackle. That's that's a pretty simple definition. 
All right, last thing before we uh, head out. You mentioned sandwich. What's your favorite sandwich of all time? Like, let's say like a, a sandwich that you would have for Come lunch. On, do you have one that's your, your, it's your go-to? Okay, well, I mean, if we're going to do this, we got to break this down a little bit. I'm yeah. not a big midday, like heavy sandwich eater. Like yeah. I don't so so I like big heavy like I I love a pastrami sandwich you know that's like a dinner for you, right but that's a dinner for me okay. right Which so is for fine. lunch I agree with that. so for lunch I'm more of like a like I love a really good chicken salad sandwich okay. you know like like just because it's a little lighter, lighter. yeah it's a little bit lighter it'll just kind of help me get through the day but if we're talking about like all time sandwiches right we're talking about like an Italian sub we're talking about. Mm. Uh, 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 a Reuben. I love Reubens. We're talking about, uh, you know, a, a steak sandwich. I mean, I, I I could go on and on and on on favorite types of sandwiches. I'm a huge sandwich guy, so uh, I, it's hard for me to narrow one down. But I will say, like, just to kind of point this specifically out, I am very much a. It depends on what type of what time of day it is and what's yes. happening that day. To it's going to determine what kind of sandwich I want to eat. So, so my go-to is like a roast beef and turkey. Like that's just Ooh, so easy. It doesn't take long to put together. You make the little the grinder salad that goes with it. Perfect. But have you had a Pittsburgher sandwich before with the fries on it and the coleslaw? And you put either like the steak or bacon, whatever kind of meat, but it's the fries give it that nice saltiness with your sandwich. See, that's funny because what I do like to have is not a sandwich like that, but have you ever heard of had a California burrito? No. A California burrito is like a carne asada burrito okay. with fries in it, basically. Oh, yeah. I'm in. It's, yeah. it's so yeah. good. So, yeah. So, I guess – you know, I, I, It's meat and fries, basically. Meat you can't fries, go right? Like, it's basically just burger and fries, like, you know, uh, deconstructed, right? So, uh, yeah. I mean, I certainly am all on board on getting uh, uh, those carbs with the with that with that meat, for sure. That's, that's, that's good stuff. All right. Look. Lasso, do you have a favorite kind of bread? Like I like to go with the traditional like tortilla wraps, but my wife hates it. So I always have to pick out a different kind of bread. But any favorite kind of bread? I mean, again, the bread matters. It depends on what you're having, right? Like, it so does. I like I'm just saying in I, general, like you go to the store and you I'm pick a, a kind of bread. I like sourdough bread. Yeah, lot, see, that's you know? the answer I, for me as well. I, yeah. I think it's not great for every type of sandwich at, by any means. And it's not great for every kind of thing, but for the for the type of sandwiches that it is good on. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll make the whole thing that I, I will also, this is completely separate. I also feel this way about potato buns on, on hamburgers, like yeah. getting a really good potato bun can make an entire cheeseburger for me as well. Yeah. I, see, we're, we're in lockstep here. Sourdough bread is just the best on the right kind of sandwich. It can just make it absolutely perfect, but 100%. Yeah. All right. Good takes by you today, Lane. I'm very surprised. <laughs> locked on food takes locked yeah, lock, on, uh, eating. Locked on food. Locked there we on, go that's a new podcast or, that i might have to host locked on eating or locked on lack of eat, lack of eating locked on diet apparently is a is a new <laughs> a new thing we're gonna do uh all right well thank you for making locked on cowboys your first listen of the day now you can make your second listen to locked on nfl podcast our national nfl experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Follow Locked On every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. wherever you get the same Locked On Cowboys podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, we'll see you maybe later this week. We'll definitely be back on Monday. Tell us what your favorite sandwich is. I want to know. <laughs> see you guys next time.